Hey everyone, this is the Big Bang Theory, a podcast that will make you think, help you grow, and keep you laughing. We're your hosts, TJ and Abong Bain, and we're talking about all the things we experience in this life, but we're doing it with raw and vulnerable stories. We hope to make you laugh along the way, but mostly we hope to open your heart and help you live a happy and more fulfilling life. What is it about depression that scares people so much? I mean, as far as being able to talk about it, what do you think it is, hon? I think it's a taboo topic. Why? You talk about having a cold to your coworkers or your mom and dad just fine. But I think people feel like if they have depression, that there's something wrong with them. And I think a lot of people have a really hard time admitting that. Mm-hmm. And also with the, again, with the implication that there is something wrong, that maybe I'm bad or I'm, I'm doing something wrong or yeah, th- there's just something fundamentally wrong with me. And it's, a fr- it's really scary, I think, for a lot of people to expose that to the world. There are so many statistics out there about mental health and depression, but today's episode, TJ and I really want to talk about our own battles that we've had with depression and mental illness and what we learned and how we grew from having those. Part of this conversation is to show that everybody deals with it in one shape or form at some point in time in their life and there's nothing wrong with it. And I think the more we can be vulnerable and have these conversations and raise awareness, the more we can help people when it does happen, when you are dealing with it, to know, okay, I'm, uh, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm okay. This is just a normal thing and we're going to get through it. And to be able to get help and exactly. not just suffer alone. Suffer in silence. Yeah. Which a lot of people do. Yep. So we did some research when it came to depression And one of the most alarming things that popped up to me is that it is the number one mental health related illness, according to the Mental Health Association. That doesn't surprise me at all. It doesn't surprise me, but it's it's alarming. You know, the fact that people are dealing with it and so many people are suffering with it, oftentimes in silence. Honestly, now that I have had it and I'm out of it, I can spot people that I know, friends or family or whoever it may be. I see the symptoms and I know that they have depression and yet they don't do anything about it. And it's heartbreaking because you don't have to suffer and you don't have to feel that way. It's hard also because as, it's, as you see people suffering with that, what, what are you supposed to do? Like tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, I think you have depression. It's not always an easy conversation or topic to bring up. And I well, think people the, take offense to it, I think. They do. But I think the other thing is when you have depression and you feel that way, oftentimes if somebody points that out to you, your first reaction is to deny it and sometimes to be upset at that other person for pointing that out. In order for you guys to understand our background, we wanted to share our stories with depression. One of the main reasons why we want to do this is, again, there's so much shame associated with having depression. I myself have felt that shame and I'm so tired of it. I don't want that to keep happening in our society. So if I need to be one of the first people to step up and say, hey, I had depression, I don't mind doing that. So my depression started after I had baby number three, 
I didn't feel like myself. I was tired a lot. I was really irritable. I was really moody. I didn't want to have sex. There were a lot of things. And I remember when my baby was nine months old, I had to go to a new OB because my insurance changed or whatnot. So I went to this new OB and I said, hey, my baby is nine months old, but I'm just not feeling like myself. I'm yelling at my kids more. I have no patience. I'm tired all the time. And he just kind of blew it off. He said, oh, it just sounds like it sounds like your your hormones are out of whack. So let me just give you this antidepressant and you can take it for eight weeks and then you should be fine. And I was really hesitant to take antidepressants because, you know, I've I had heard kind of horror stories about them. And so I told him, I, you know, you can write me the prescription, but I don't think I'm going to take it because I, I don't think I have depression because he, he didn't say I had depression. He just said he just said my hormones aren't right. So I went home. I had another week of just feeling not like myself. So I took the pills for, you know, eight weeks or so. And I think I was nice. Right. Was I nicer or less irritable? I don't I don't really remember. You were, but you it, you were also more zombie like, I think, than anything else. Like No, you, you never said that to me. You were. Oh, maybe you didn't say it to me then. But <laughs> I remember when I was on that, that I didn't want to have sex with you. And I do remember this one comment that I won't ever forget. And you said, I would rather have a mean wife who wants to have sex with me than a nice one who doesn't want to have sex with me. I said that? Uh-huh. I have never forgotten it because I lost my sex drive when I was on those pills. Boy, I would, what an asshole. I don't remember no, you didn't, having you said You didn't that. say it mean. I just remember like, oh, yeah. I remember like not wanting to have sex with you. Anyway, you're still so, holding on to it to this day. Oh, no, no, not at all. So I, I took those antidepressants for, you know, eight weeks or something like that. And then, you know, we had had a really rough couple of years. If you've listened to our other podcasts, I talked about how we were embezzled from from a, you know, acquaintance of ours. He was our accountant. And that happened when I was pregnant with this baby. So I dealt with all of that, you know, like all of the attorney stuff, the court papers, losing all that money, our marriage, it was tough on our marriage. And so I think this postpartum depression rolled into like just regular depression. And so I was so tired, you guys. I was tired all the time. I was irritable all the time. I was moody. It felt like I had PMS just all the time. So one night, TJ and I are laying in bed and I just had to talk to him. And I said, TJ, I don't think that I'm in love with you anymore. I care for you as a person, but I don't really love you or I'm not in love with you. I don't want to have sex with you. I seriously just want to leave. Like I want I I think I want to take half of the money in the bank and just leave and not tell anybody. That was a rough night. Well, and leading up to that too, there were there were a lot of rough times as well and moments where I felt that might be the case, but I didn't know what was going on. What was interesting though is when you said that to me, as much as it hurt at the time, I actually heard something inside of me that said she doesn't love herself. And it really changed the way that I looked at it because I, I, I gained a ton of empathy because I, I realized it's not that she doesn't love me. She doesn't love herself. But I think you mentioned before that was really that first sign to you of like, whoa, something is really up. Mm-hmm. Like this is not me. Mm-hmm. Well, we've always pretty much had a good marriage. 
And so for me to say that was out of character. Well, and leading up to that, there was nothing. You hadn't done anything. In our marriage, in our personal lives that would have led to that. It right. was all external circumstances that had happened. Well, you hadn't done anything. It, hadn't, it had nothing to do with you, right. really. But that's how I felt. So a few days later, I reached out to a therapist. And, you know, when I first went, I thought I was going kind of like for marriage counseling, but I went by myself. I just thought, I'll just go to this counseling. Maybe I can find a way to like fall back in love with TJ. I had no idea that I had depression. So this therapist, she wasn't a very good therapist. She actually cried our first session herself because she had lost a dog a few months earlier. And anyways, it was just really awkward. You end up counseling her. I ended up counseling her. It was and it was so weird. So I went to her two times. Um, but she did kind of mention that, you know, she's like, oh, it sounds like you might have some mild depression. And I was shocked because I hadn't cried. I hadn't felt sad. I hadn't felt any of that. And so I, I just thought she didn't know what she was talking about because, you know, she she was the one who was crying on our first session. So I went home after that and I went on my computer. I sat next to TJ and I think I Googled depression quiz or something. And I'm not kidding you guys, like everything on there I had, I was feeling hopeless. I had no sex drive. I was tired all the time, super irritable, super moody. I had tons of stomach pain. Like I had heartburn all the time, stomach problems all the time. My joints would ache all the time. And I was blown away that I had depression. I had no idea. Well, it was almost like, because you always think that's just something that happens to other people that have these messed up, horrible lives or whatnot. And I've always been such a strong person. So I think I thought I was resilient to it. Or resistant. yeah, Yeah. Resistant to it. I ended up finding this amazing counselor who changed my life. And she's like, she's heaven sent. Um, Her name is Jackie. So I went to see Jackie. Every time I had to go see her, I had to take a quiz. And it was basically a depression quiz, kind of like on a scale of one to 10, asking me all these questions. So when I first started going to her, I had mild depression. She was amazing because she asked me questions I don't remember the question specifically, but she really made, she asked me questions that made me rethink my whole process. And I told her when I went in, I said, I don't want to take any antidepressants. I want to be able to fix this myself. So she recommended that we do cognitive behavioral therapy, which is just basically changing your thoughts because your thoughts become your feelings, which become your experience. And she gave me a book to read. Um, That book is called, what is it called? You know, I'll have to I'll have to look it up and I'll tell you guys, but it was an amazing book. Every time I went with her, she would have something for me to work on. And so I had to go home and like rework my thoughts because the thoughts I was having was I'm the worst mom in the world, which that thought is not 100 percent true. Obviously, the correct thought would be I mess up sometimes as a mom, but I'm so black and white that anytime I did something wrong, I completely blamed myself all the time. And so I was having these thoughts that was causing the depression. So I went to her probably six times over a period of nine weeks or so. I remember it was kind of over the Thanksgiving holiday. So there was some time gaps. But over the six times I went to her, the very last time I had zero depression at all. And she said that I had been like the fastest, one of her fastest patients to resolve from it. Well, you also put in a lot of work. I put in a lot of effort. What was great about what she was doing is she was asking you questions. It was all self-reflection and Mm -hmm. she was helping you to realize 
that the thoughts you were having about yourself was what was keeping you there. And you were, you were really diligent. I remember you like with your little notebook mm -hmm. going through it. And, and I mean, you, you were going to beat it once you realize, oh my gosh, I have this mm -hmm. and it's not who I am. Like I'm going to overcome this. Yeah. I was, I remember writing down my thoughts all the time and then correcting those thoughts to one that was actually true. So one example that Jackie used that I loved was, so I had my business for, 13 years and 11 out of the 13 years, it was very successful. And I was really proud of myself. I think I got a lot of my self-esteem from there. But the last couple of years, it wasn't super successful because this guy had stolen so much money from us. My business took a huge hit. And so she asked me, she said, now, if your son comes home and he gets a 90% on his test, would you tell him that you're a failure? And I said, no, absolutely not. That's, that's still amazing. 90%. And she's like, well, that's, you and you're telling yourself you're a failure because you got 90%. And that just totally, I don't know what it was about that statement, but it changed the way I looked at myself because I'm, I am a perfectionist. And so because I wasn't, you know, super successful for all the years out of my business that I totally blamed myself for everything. And she reminded, like she reminded me that I wasn't the one who stole from my business. And I didn't, I didn't have to blame myself for that loss of money. It was this, the, the accountant who stole it. But I was blaming myself because of my personality and then taking that, all that weight on my shoulders. I still remember that night. There was a, there was a noticeable change in you. Mm -hmm. And I remember you coming home and, and using that example. And it was really cool to see as you talked me through the, the question that she asked and the, the, the realization that you came to, it, it was a big turning point, I think, for you. Real, I mean, my first session with her, I was crying in the first five minutes because of something she asked me. She was an enlightened being. She that really woman, was. Oh, my wow. heavens. Well, and she was telling me that once you've had depression, the chances of you getting another bout of depression are higher. And so I was always really worried because... You guys, I was so unhappy when I had depression to want to leave my family and start a whole new life somewhere in another faraway place to feel like I never was suicidal ever, but I really did feel like there was no point to this life. Like I was, I remember thinking, what is the point of this life? I'm worthless. Nothing makes me happy. I didn't feel joy in anything. I had this beautiful baby that I couldn't really even enjoy. When they have that expression of that rain cloud over you, following you everywhere, that's, that's literally how I felt. The sad thing too is I kept it a secret. Yeah. Nobody knew except for TJ. And I think maybe I told my sisters and my brother, but I was so embarrassed. I was I think so that ashamed. Was even after the fact, it was still such a yeah. A taboo thing because you didn't really hear much about it even. That was before no. there was all this new awareness being, you know, being talked mm -hmm. about on TV and whatnot this about depression. This was back in 2014 or 15. Yeah, it's just crazy how much taboo there is about it. But I remember, you know, telling my therapist, why did I get depression? I'm a super strong person. I have a really, like, I'm independent. I blah, 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 blah. And she's like... Depression doesn't, you know, people with specific things don't get depression. Anybody can get depression. It just doesn't come to you because you have a strong it's personality. It's no respect to a person's yeah. depression. It, it just comes. I think it's a, I think everybody at some point in time in their life has experienced it to some varying degree. Well, the way she explained it to me that really helped was it's like getting a cold. 
Yeah. She's like, do you think strong personality people get colds? Yes. The rich get cold. The poor get colds. Everybody gets colds and it's the same thing. And she explained depression as the severity of a cold. You can have mild depression where you just, you know, have a slight cold that you'll get over in a little bit. Or if, you, you know, it can build to become something greater. So she explained to me that it actually takes a strong person to say, I need help. And that made me feel really good about myself because I did need help. And I, and I actually loved going to her. I looked forward to our meetings every week. It was such a nice break to go to not talk about anybody else but myself. Oh, I left that place just feeling so much lighter every single time. She was amazing. What I think is interesting, I had the opportunity to go to her. I think I only went once. You only went once. And she's, yeah, one, one time. But it's really important to find the right type of therapist, I think. because It's like she, dating. You have yeah. to find one that you, you jive with. But she just had this presence about her that was, was so loving and non-judgmental and just calm. And she would just sit and listen to you. And then she would reflect back your thoughts mm-hmm. in a way to where you could see the absurdity of those thoughts and mm-hmm. be like, well, well, no, of course well, that's not true. Well, I remember you went that one time because you were having a, you were struggling with feeling successful or feeling like you couldn't provide for us. And didn't you say something like to, that to her? Yeah. It was after you went through the bout. I think to back up a little bit, as you were going through that bout with, of depression, it was hard on me up until we realized what it was because I had no idea what was going on. My whole world was like, especially that day when you came to me and said, I don't feel like I love you anymore because leading up to that, I could tell we had been through a lot. I could sense this shift in you and how you treated me. And I was always in trouble. It didn't matter what I did. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. And as, as a problem solver, I'm thinking, well, what did I do wrong? What, what, what did I do? And, and why is it that I'm the one that seems to be the punching bag for this? And so it was really hard for a long time. But once we realized the depression, and more importantly for me, that night when you said that to me, I think normally that would have been extremely crushing. But I actually, to me, it was God who spoke to me after you said that and said, basically, you said, I don't feel like I love you anymore. And then I heard, I don't love myself. You've never told me that. Oh, I haven't? Mm -mm. Oh, I thought I had. Mm -mm. It was... It was grace. I don't know how to describe it. Well, yeah. And and it was him saying, because the last thing you would have needed at that point in time would have been for me to feel sorry for myself and crawl up in a shell. Or retaliate. And retaliate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You needed someone that was could sit there and still love you through it and not take it personal. And it's not that I was very was always good at it. I had my days. And there were times I got frustrated. There were times where I needed to get a break and get out and and just be. But I think that was a huge thing for me that really helped me reframe the way that I viewed you and what you were going through. And I realized she's not happy. It's not like you enjoy this depression. No, it wasn't me. It was the worst. It's not like you enjoy being irritable and mean to me and the kids and being upset. Like you clearly were not happy. I wasn't myself. And it's so weird because when you have depression and the reason why I say this was, so I got a, another bout of depression after we moved to Texas. We were super lonely. Well, you also had another one even when we, prior that summer we yeah. lived with your mom before yeah. we moved So down. I had a couple more bouts after that. The thing that's so terrible about when you have depression is it's almost like you know you something's different about you. You know you're not yourself, but you can't say out loud that it's depression or you can't admit to yourself that it's depression. 
Why is that? That's fascinating. I don't know. Like there's but something inside of you that wants me, to it suffer. It would piss me off so bad. Yeah. When I would have depression and you could tell I'd have depression and you would say something, even if it was nicely, like, hon, do you think you need to go see your counselor again? It would piss me off. That's the crazy thing about depression because there's some part of you that almost enjoys the suffering in a weird way. It's like, mm-hmm. and maybe it's not that it enjoys it, but like you mentioned, it's so hard. It's like, cause I've experienced that you in my own bouts. You just want to be miserable. Like, I'm miserable. And you know what? Like piss off if someone else tells you that. It's like, no, I'm going to sit here and be miserable. But it's, it's like, we're not happy, but there's some part of us for whatever reason that hangs on to it. Well, why don't you tell your story? Because this is about both of us and our experiences with depression. You didn't have it as severe or as long as I had it. Yeah. And I think my depression came as a result of my own. Your your depression came from my depression. <laughs> kind of. Because I was so mean. Well, there was just so much that we had gone through and it was like hyper-focused. So yeah. it was. In the matter of a year or two, we had so much was, happen. Yeah. The embezzlement. And then it was, at the time I was, I, I was working as a real estate agent. So I would close a few deals here and there and make money, but I didn't have a full-time job with benefits to fall back on. And I think I was still finishing up school at the time. No, you were graduated way before we had Zeke. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, but but I was I was helping out with the business, and then all of a sudden the business just starts going downhill as a result of that. You know, childbirth. That was even when we were going when I was going through my own spiritual process where I I, I had a really rough bout. You remember I, I was doubting God. I mean, there was all these things. So it was this hyper-focused time in my life. And because she was going through depression, I started to blame myself and say, well. You know, if only I was making more money or doing this or doing that, then she wouldn't have depression. And even going back to the past of saying, hey, you know, even if I had been, you know, successful during the years of having the business, when that when we were embezzled from it, wouldn't have been as big of a deal. And so there was a lot of blaming myself. So I think it was just a lot of pain. And then me also trying to be strong and just be there for you and love you. I think it just took its toll on me finally. Mm-hmm. Thank God, <laughs> as funny as it sounds, you had experienced that, realized you had depression and gone to Jackie and got help because otherwise, I don't know as if I would have really done anything about it. I remember saying to you as well, like, hun, I think you might have depression. Yeah. And I then I felt really guilty because I'm like, did I give him this depression because of all the trauma from my depression? Yeah. It's just one of those crazy... And no one knew about it on, my, on mm-hmm. our side either. I do remember... One of my best friends knew a little bit. Even now, if my friends were to listen to this, there's probably only one or two that knew that I struggled with it. But even then, my best friend, Kelsey, I didn't even tell her until after I had suffered it and it was gone. That's how embarrassed I was about it. And it's so dumb because now I tell everybody that I meet that I've had depression because I know that it can help somebody and and I'm not going to create an atmosphere of shame. I'm not. And I I refuse. And well, that's because what I exacerbates refuse, the problem. Exactly. And because I talk about it so openly as if I just had a cold last week, I want people to be able to talk about it because depression can lead to death. And man, if I can just stop one from happening, that's all. That's well, all you it's think needed. about the the 
impact during that time period that it had on our on our lives. And I remember you wouldn't even want to go out with your friends, which was mm-hmm. really crazy. Which is so weird. I love my girlfriends. Yeah. And it was. And so you, know, you think of how many people suffer in silence and there is a huge power to vulnerability. And I think that's, again, the point of these podcasts that we've learned is absolutely when you're willing to take your mask off and live in a world without a mask and be fully vulnerable and fully authentic, it gives other people the permission to do otherwise. And so if I have to talk about, you know, my own struggles with certain addictions or with depression, if that can help somebody else who's suffering in silence, I'll do it any day because I don't want somebody else to suffer. Depression is, it's a terrible thing to deal with, but it's unnecessary. It doesn't, Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be that way. There's ways to spot it, to get help and, and to remediate it, I think. Yeah. I mean, definitely finding a, th- a good therapist, just as you would finding a, a good doctor if you were to sprain your ankle or whatever it is. We just have yeah. to we have to change the way we think about mental illness. I guarantee in 50 years or however it is, they're going to look back and be like, I can't believe people didn't talk about depression back then. That People didn't do more about it. Well, and you think of all of the things that we're exposed to on a day to day basis that can cause depression, whether it's the food we eat, the things we see on TV, whether it's this pressure to be somebody, you know, this pressure that the world, that Mm -hmm. the churches we attend, you know, the people we hang out with put upon us to be something and that can crush you. And so if we're not careful, I think a big part of this episode and and we'll get into here in a little bit is really being able to spot those warning signs and those early signs of depression. Because I think if you can become aware of the fact that you're starting to experience these things and feel it, it really gives you an ability to overcome it quickly without it having a long-term effect. I think another thing that I want to talk about with depression is there's a difference between feeling depressed and having depression. Now, everybody goes through bouts of feeling depressed, you know, just feeling sad about a situation in your life or whatever it is. Um, And we all feel that. That's just human nature. So being able to spot whichever one it is that you have, whether it's depression or just like a little bout of feeling depressed, will really help you be able to acknowledge that and then hopefully overcome it. And so... What are the things that we can do to spot it in ourselves and in our family members or our friends? So there's a number of ways to do it. And some of the ideas that I've come up with is, you know, obviously there's depression exams. So that's the beautiful thing about Google. If you have a question about anything, you can find an answer. And so there's a lot of really good exams out there that you can take. And I actually took one. You took one. I took one. Um, it's more of a quiz. You're not going to get graded on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically <laughs> just asking you these questions. You give your, your answers and it says, you know, you have a It'll mild form or mild severe form severe, or whatnot. Yeah. And the questions are great. They're really easy. It's kind of usually on a scale of one to five. How often have you felt this in the last week? Yeah. And so the symptoms that it looks for would be hopelessness, which means, you know, you're not feeling any hope. Like what's the point? You know, that kind of that kind of feeling, a loss of interest uh, in doing things, loss of pleasure. So for me, I didn't want to really go out with my girlfriends. I really didn't want to leave the house. Irritability, agitation, mood swings, any changes in sleep. So if you are sleeping 
all the time or you can't sleep at all. Like I said before, stomach issues, if you have joint pain, loss of sexual desire, especially if you had sexual desire before. So these are just a few of the symptoms of depression. I should also state that typically with depression comes anxiety, which I didn't experience, but I know a lot of people, they have depression and anxiety together. Yeah. And I think another thing is as a spouse or a friend, I think being present and aware of the changes in behavior, because I knew something was going on with you. Mm -hmm. Like that was so abnormal it crept up though. It wasn't like Monday I was it me, happy up. me, and then Tuesday. And so that's yeah. what's hard. As an individual experiencing it, it happens slowly over however many months or whatever it is that you don't notice it. Now, if it were to if it were to be Monday and then Tuesday, I would absolutely say, whoa, 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 this is not me. But for it to kind of slowly build, I couldn't distinguish from who I was and who I am and who I usually am. You know, it's it's hard unless you take that quiz and then it's almost like staring you in the face. So what can we do to help those who are suffering? How do we, if we feel like they have depression, what's the best way to talk to them about it? I mean, that's scary. It's hard because every person's different. And I, I tried, I, I remember there were days and especially when we were living with your mom during that time, there was this one particular rough patch where it was a full 12 days. And I remember that was also during a time in our marriage where I was really struggling and I was under intense pressure in a number of ways. And I remember I'd pull into your mom's driveway and I would sit in the car and tremble because I didn't know what was waiting for me on the other side of that door. And I, and I knew what was, I knew that there was something up with you, but I didn't know how to talk to you about it because there really wasn't a right and wrong way. Well, and at that point I had gone to therapy and I'd gotten rid of my depression, but then we had sold our house living with my mom until our house in Texas was built. Yeah. And this is not to, to point fingers. This is just simply to say, yeah. So for me, I would try to do it from a place of love. You know, I think that's an important part of this um, that I can't stress enough when it comes to helping those that you love with depression. It can't be a selfish endeavor. And we talked about love in one of our previous podcasts. I can't want my wife's depression to end so that my life gets better. I have to put myself in her shoes and my heart has to break for her because she's hurting. And my intention to help her has to be pure in that I want you to, to get past this for your sake. And so I would spend time like for me, it, prayer and meditation and just helping me asking God to help me to continue to love her and see her through that. The crazy thing about depression is even though I, I went through it during that time period and I went to Jackie and she she literally in one one meeting, she she set me free. She helped me see where I was caught up and, and she did such a great job, but I still have bouts with it. And I think that's also part of part of the struggle, if you will, with depression, what's tricky about it, because it can just come on you without any impetus. There, yeah, there you will can be just days. wake up with it. Yeah, there will be days and it's been interesting. So I would say over the course of the last two years, I almost feel like once a month, <laughs> men, maybe men do have periods. I don't know, but I, I swear almost you do feel because there's a time a month that men get cranky. There are times where I'll just wake up one day and I'll just 
feel like this rain cloud is just on me. And it's crazy because for the most part, I'm an extremely happy, peaceful, just full of love and joy, but it will come on me. And oftentimes there's nothing I can point to as the cause of it. And it can stay anywhere from a day to four days. But what I have found for me is that by becoming aware of the fact that I'm experiencing it and feeling it. Or that you're not yourself. That I'm not myself. And a lot of this, I think, meditation practices have definitely helped me, but Mm -hmm. I can feel it come on me and it's like, oh, I am feeling depression rather than saying- I can tell too, just by the look on your face as soon as you wake up, because you're normally super affectionate, super smiley, super loving- and if you're not like that morning, I can, I usually will be like, what's wrong? Or, and I think just from me saying what's wrong, I think that ignites something in you that says, what is wrong? It does, but there's still part of me that's like, you get annoyed. Screw you. I'm not <laughs> upset. I'm not in a bad mood, even though I am. And I hear myself say that. And I'm, you know, so anyways, I think a big part of it for me now is, is realizing it's okay. Cause I used to beat myself up and, feel guilty. Like mm-hmm. I shouldn't be feeling depression. You would be depressed for a couple of days and then you would feel guilty for a couple of days for being depressed. So for it was like four or five yeah. days of misery for and, all of us. And that was, that was in the earlier stages. And yeah. so now it's very different because what used to be, could be a, you know, two to four day thing. Now it's when I notice the fact that I'm feeling depression, I realize okay, I'm feeling depression and I become really aware of that mm-hmm. and just focus on it. And some, for some reason, just flip a switch. being aware of it and then speaking it out or like if I'm feeling upset or frustrated, I'll just say it. I'm really pissed off right now and I don't know why. And for whatever reason, bringing my awareness to that helps it to dissolve. I have that same thing too, where there are moments where I feel myself getting really upset or irritated about something and it's because of a thought I've had in my mind and because of the training that I went through with Jackie, I will correct that thought and I'll just snap right out of it, which I'm so grateful I'm able to do because depression can be a rabbit hole of negativity. Oh, yeah. You can get sucked down oh, so absolutely. fast. I think another thing that is worth mentioning and I would love to actually do a podcast and jump deeper into it because it's a passion, it's a topic I'm passionate about, but I think learning that I'm not my thoughts or my emotions or my mind was a huge turning point for me because it's so easy when a thought comes in to attach to that thought. So if you're upset or frustrated and then allow that to to suck you downwards. And so now I kind of think of it as it's almost like you're looking at the, at the sky and it's blue and then a white cloud comes through and that cloud just passes through the sky and you're that sky that doesn't change but there are clouds that can flow through mm-hmm. and so when That's it comes a really to good analogy yeah when it comes to depression or maybe a better analogy would be the sun the sun is always shining it's always bright but at times clouds can come and cover it up but it's not like the sun is gone yeah the sun is still there well thoughts are just thoughts they're just they thoughts. come and go and you choose which ones you take and listen and absorb and become, but they don't have to be that way. They don't have to be that way. And I think that's part of it is when you can recognize that and become aware that this cloud of depression or, or anger or frustration is it's coming in. If I can become aware of that 
then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, well, I'm not that cloud. I'm not that thought. And I'm going to sit back and just wait for it to pass. I'm going to watch it go by. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been a big help for me. And then also the other part is, and I think we talked about it a little bit, but you can't beat yourself up. There's nothing wrong with you. If you're experiencing depression, you're not a bad person. You didn't do anything wrong. You're not you're not weak. You're not weak. Yeah. It's, it's, you so, wouldn't beat yourself up like this if you caught a cold. Right. Right. It's like if you're feeling depression, just recognize it, but don't beat yourself up and don't judge yourself for it. And just learn to forgive that or learn to let it go and move on because that will exponentially speed up that process and get you through the depression. Whereas if you start to feel guilty about it, and as one of my friends says, hit yourself with the beat up stick, it just prolongs that episode. It's crazy for me now to be able to sit back and say, I'm really glad I got depression because I learned so much about myself, so much about TJ. We grew so much in our marriage and I'm sad and kind of embarrassed to say, but before I had depression, I was one of those people who thought depression was made up and I thought only people who are weak get depression and I thought All they have to do is choose to be happy. It's not that hard. Why can't you just choose to be happy? Choose to be grateful. But then when I got it and I was in depression, it was not not easy. easy. It's not like you can just snap your fingers and say, I'm happy. Not at all. And that's why I can say I'm really glad that I had it because I have a greater sense of empathy for the people who have depression and I can spot it in other people. And even in myself, I haven't had a bout of depression in a really long time, but if it does creep up where I'm having a bad day, I can recognize my thoughts and I can recognize the truth or the falseness that's in those thoughts. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful that I got depression. Isn't that funny? That's, yeah. It, yeah. It's, <laughs> I've learned God a lot for from depression, it. right? I do. I thank him for it. And I thank him for that angel, Jackie. Oh she, man. Wow. Yeah. I thank God for that angel, Jackie. I know. Now I want to, I, I need to write her a letter. She's I think so, I'm going to. such a beautiful soul. My gosh. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing too is if you're the spouse or the parent or the friend of someone that's suffering and that, and you know they are, it's not always easy to talk to them about it. It's not always easy to bring it up. And And I would say to really think and be present about whether or not you should approach him. But the one thing that you can do is love that person and be there for that person and not take however they may be treating you personally. Mm-hmm. Because for me, it has nothing to do with it you. It has nothing to do with me. But I think back to that time when you were suffering and you were, were in the middle of it, you didn't need me to get offended. You didn't yeah. need me to stop doing those things. Well, of you could have you. been because how hurt were you when I said that? When I said, I'm not in love with you anymore. And I, I can't even imagine how it was painful for me to say. So I can't imagine how you felt. Did your heart just get ripped out? It did. But I've got other girlfriends on the side. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, as I mentioned earlier, it was crushing for a brief moment. But God intervened like it was God's grace. And when he spoke and said, she doesn't love herself. I was able, rather than getting upset and and feeling bad for myself, my heart broke for you. And so that was a huge mercy. I, I, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and were it not for that, who knows? Who knows? Because you could have been really offended and you could have been like, well, forget you. I'm done too. I don't have to deal with this. It could have went bad. 
but it was such a good teaching lesson for me. I was able to learn how to love selflessly because there were so many days where I would come home from working and I would come in and the house would be a mess. And the kids would be all day. The kids would be bouncing off the walls. You'd be losing your shit upset. And I could have come in and taken it personally, but you know, I was able to come in and realize she's struggling today. And so I could come in and I could, I could take care of the kids, put them to bed, clean the house and do all that, realizing that you were just hurting and it wasn't a personal thing. But even then there would be times where you would still be very distant to me. And so to your point, it would have been very easy to say, well, forget you. But I, that realization helped me realize it was nothing that I did. I didn't cause your depression. I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, it's hard to step outside that though, because you're still as someone who's supposed to love you. But yeah. I can say our marriage grew so much from there. And then my love for you just compounded because I can't imagine being married to me at that time, but you you were so amazing. You helped me with, I mean, you were just so patient. Our marriage just was so strengthened that by that. That was such a hard time yeah. of our marriage. I mean, I definitely would never want to repeat it, but I'm grateful that we went through it because we learned a lot. You just learn things through experience and you nobody do. can tell you about it. You can't learn it the same way. Well, you know, we haven't lost a kid. We haven't dealt with serious, serious tragedy, but there is something to suffering. There is a grace to suffering. And there's, I look back on that time in my life and I thank God for it because I, as a person grew and it was almost like my ego and that part of me was, was, was beginning to get stripped away so that love could really have its work in me so that I could see differently and love differently. And so I look back on that time and even my own suffering with depression, even though it was minor, so much empathy for those who suffer through it and so much realization and learning not to take things personally. Did you have an issue with seeing a therapist? Cause I feel like I kind of pushed you there definitely is a stigma like, oh, I go to therapy. Like there's something wrong with me. Right. So well, there, there is that stigma. I think for me, because as a man, and it, it's changed. Society's changed in the way they viewed it. But as a man, it's like, I should be strong. You Don't know, cry. there's something wrong. And then the idea of going to see a woman therapist. Mm-hmm. But fortunately, by that point in time, I realized I needed some help. And I didn't like the fact that, that I was feeling the way that I was. And I think you also helped the fact that you were willing to go and, and talk to someone. I just realized, you and know, she was heck? amazing. I think it yeah. was easy for you to go to her too, because I just raved about her. I recommended her to anybody who needed a therapist. But you guys, there's no shame in going to a therapist at all. There's no shame. And we, we need to change that stigma. And I totally was one of those people, once again, that before I had to go to a therapist, I thought, I'm a strong person. I don't need a therapist. I can figure it out myself. Again, I'm grateful for Jackie. I'm grateful that I had to go to therapy because my perception of that has changed. Well, I think our hearts too have changed because we, when we see people that are, are struggling with it, it's hard because you've been there. You've been there. You know what it's like. You know like. how to sit with them under that cloud. Yeah. You know what it's like to be stuck down in that pit of hopelessness and not knowing when you can get out. And when you're in that pit, you don't want to be there, but there's still something that keeps you there. And so the thing about that pit is you don't think there's an escape. That's what's hard. You don't even try because you're like, what's the point? That's what's hard about depression is that 
you know you have depression or you know you're not yourself, but you feel that hopelessness, like what's the point of even, it's just one of those cyclical things, man. It's a it's, huge downward it's spiral. It's evil. It's well, terrible. What's really crazy about it, and I want to be sensitive in how I say that, at least my experience, what I saw was that I was in a prison of my own making. It was all the way that I was seeing things. And that's what Jackie was so good at. She helped me realize, yes, there were things that happened. Yes, there were pains. And yes, there were things we experienced. But the story I was telling myself about all of that was a big part of what was keeping me stuck there. Mm-hmm. Same thing with you, I would say. So yeah. it's not that things don't well, happen in the Our depression was different. There's different types. Now, there yeah. is a depression that you get, you know, for example, after the loss of a family member. And that can be just temporary. temporary. But going to therapy still, whether you do the cognitive behavioral therapy or whatever it is, it's still super important because your therapist will know what type of therapy you will need for your specific type of depression. So to wrap this up, we wanted to have a challenge of the week. If you are experiencing any of the symptoms that we talked about earlier in this episode, please consider seeing a therapist. There are many out there who will see you if you don't have insurance, they have discounted rate, but I promise you it will be so important to your mental health and your happiness and just your overall well-being. Yeah, and I think to add to that, it's kind of multifaceted. But if you're not, or if you, you know, if you're someone supporting someone who's struggling, I think as a good practice, just for even for a day, become aware of your emotions and your thoughts. And if you experience yourself getting upset or thinking a thought that isn't serving you, try to just become aware and and create some distance between yourself and that thought and really just witness that thought and maybe even speak it out. If you're, if you're feeling frustrated, you're feeling upset verbalize that and pay attention to what happens when you do that. You'll have some pretty interesting experiences. Earlier in the episode, I mentioned the book that my therapist recommended to me. It's called Feeling Good, The New Mood Therapy by David Burns. So guys, that concludes our episode on depression. I hope that you guys learned something new and that you are leaving this episode feeling empowered to have better mental health. Be sure to follow us over at The Big Bane Theory on Instagram, where we hop on almost every day and try to make you guys laugh. 